0: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five of the Floor Podcast and the Five Reasons Sports Network. But we'll get to the episode here in a second. But first I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and this podcast, and that is Auto Nation. If you're looking for the buy or sell a vehicle, Auto Nation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast and their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price, guaranteed. Want to get rid of that old car? Turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer and a check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. But here's the thing you need to remember. You have to DM us at Five. Reason Sports. That's the number five Reason Sports. You can also DM at Ethan J. Skolnick. I'll get it either way, but what I will do is give your information to an automation senior manager. So not just somebody you meet on the floor, but a senior manager will reach out to you and walk you through the entire buying process. If you're going to make a decision as complicated and as difficult and as expensive as buying a car can be, shouldn't you make it with the most information possible and the most guidance possible? So DM me at Five Reason Sports. We've had people do this already. I'd a great experience we want you to do it too and now on to today's episode
2: welcome to five on the floor a miami heat and nba podcast from ethan Skolnick with alvon sydney aka Al 954 brought to you by the five reasons sports network
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to the five on the floor podcast. I am your host, Alphonse Sydney, aka Alf954. Ethan Skolnick is not with us tonight. Uh, we are doing a little post game of the Heat's second preseason game in Charlotte, North Carolina against the Charlotte Hornets. We saw some of the guys tonight, but we didn't see Justice Winslow. We were without Jimmy Butler. Which is the big star? We were without Goran Dragic, so we saw a lot of the young guys tonight. Uh,
3: you think people don't know that Jimmy Butler is a big star? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, who are you I, talking to? I get. Uh, are there Heat fans listening to this? <laughs> Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Miami Heat organization and right, the roster. Start,
3: start from square one. It was, <laughs> it was 1980.
1: 1988. They drafted a young man named Ronnie Cycli. Anyway, um, so now if you notice the format of this uh, this episode is a little different than normal. It's because Ethan Skolnick's not here and he's left me to my own devices. So I've decided to bring in Tropical Blanket, a.k.a. Alex Toledo. I guess that's the other way around. Alex Toledo, a.k.a. Tropical Blanket. You guys have heard him on the podcast. What's going on, Alex?
2: Yo, what's going on?
1: I also have Balls Cast host and contributor uh, Skinny McGee. Uh, can I can I use your real name? Is that whatever okay? the
3: fuck you want? Yeah. Can we do
1: the government? Are you cursing? We can we can curse. Sorry. but in, Yeah, uh, go in ahead. Whatever. Quantities. Your
3: government name's fine. All right, I'm so white. <laughs> what are they gonna do to me?
1: So Kevin, mayor of Balls formerly of the 790 The Ticket Morning Show, he he didn't want that out there did you
3: no it's fine I, I,
1: well, yeah, I, I it's don't know good. what you what you want out I'm, there I'm not ashamed of anything alright his name is Skinny McGee and he's not exactly skinny anymore which is a weird one it's like calling me Slim Elf but anyway and we also have Greg Sylvander, aka Lefty Leif uh, from Twitter uh, Laif, what's going on how you doing <laughs>
4: From Twitter, from uh,
1: Twitter. Funny.
4: Where you? It it's funny to hear you say Greg Sylvander. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I never. I don't think I've ever heard you call me by my full <laughs> government name.
1: Where else are you famous from besides Twitter?
4: Um, I, I guess, uh, nowhere. Miami Heat beat NBA.
1: Reddit, <laughs> uh, Reddit, three hundred friends friends on Facebook. I know you rap though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, former true. Hip-hop, former hip hop star. Got Savannah. two of them in on one pod. <laughs> I know. I was never a star. I was never as popular as like Stick lately.
3: around for the battle. I opened up
4: for ODB once and Mystical. Fuck what? Yeah, you see that? I never that's did that. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Those are
3: two of like the most prolific mother bleepers of all time. My
1: claim to fame is I performed at JJ Mugs in Coral Springs. They gave us Ooh. three songs, which. JJ, what? JJ Muggs. It was a crappy sports bar in Coral Springs. Anyway, uh, this is a Miami Heat podcast, so we are, g- <laughs> so we are going to talk about tonight's game. Leif, you were actually out there in Charlotte tonight, which is why we brought you on the show tonight. Also, we just want to talk to you because you're a boy. But, Leif, you were out there in Charlotte tonight. You saw what the Heat brought to the table. You saw Tyler Harrow. You saw Bam. You saw the whole squad. What were your biggest takeaways from tonight?
4: One, it was a skeleton crew. It was a little disconcerting when you hear Jimmy, Gore, and Justice, didn't even make the trip. And also, like, we just knew that they were going to go with a lot of the young guys on the second night of a back-to-back in preseason. So it was interesting walking into the locker room. There's so many new faces and a bunch of guys that I think were a little more uncomfortable with the interview process than even I am as a newbie to that uh, entire scene. So it's just it funny to be around a, a lot of new faces and guys that – you can tell it don't have a lot of experience in the league. But as far as the game goes, I thought it was an interesting moment to see Dion kind of get some momentum behind him. I know that he had, he showed some flashes in the, in the first game, but he showed even more tonight. That was encouraging. A lot of what we saw from the bigs, I thought, was encouraging. Bam, myers Lane is very active. And then Kendrick Nunn and Davon Reed, both of those guys were kind of tasked with more ball-handling duties than I think. They're probably going to be signed up for most of the season. And both played well. I thought that Kendrick Nunn specifically was really uh, got them into their offense in in good ways. And obviously, it's fun to watch Tyler Hero switch threes. I mean, he's the only dude that steps out of bounds, switches a three, and it's beautiful. He travels, and it's beautiful when he switches a three. It's like he's a different experience. It was fun watching him play.
1: He got like nine points taken away because of fouls tonight. He right? did. Because of travels or an illegal pick or mm-hmm. step out. Of, someone stepped out of bounds. But, I mean, he had a great game. But even outside of that, he had like nine points taken away because of fouls. Like, he's legit. How did it feel in that arena tonight watching Tyler Harrow? Tyler, I keep saying Harrow. Tyler Harrow. How did it feel when you watched him? Did he look like a player on the floor that was, you know, basically a step above the rest?
4: He looked better than Malik Monk and I know that there was a lot of Heat fans including myself that were clamoring for Malik Monk a year or two ago Um, and he definitely just the way he carries himself, the way that he operates on offense, he has like this combination of confidence and polish that since, I mean, I've I've been watching Heat rookies since 1990 and I mean, there's the Glenn Rices and a few other ones that like came in were immediately polished kind of players, but not a lot like Tyler And, and you see that more and more. It was He still got like a a rookie innocence to him because when I brought up his his confidence to him in the locker room, he almost like blushed at me. So it it was definitely fun to to get to see him live. And as far as the fans go, one, welcome to the project if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan. It is going to be an awful season. And the two players that got the loudest cheers from the Heat were Tyler Hero and Myers Leonard. Got a lot of tears. I was really surprised. I even saw two Myers Leonard Vice jerseys in the crowd. Really? What's up with
1: that? <laughs> I, listen, he's Myers white. got a personality, man. because he's white. That's so weird. Slim says it's because he's white. Because he's big, white, and good-looking. That is a good-looking <laughs> guy. Let me get... Listen, that's a good-looking man right there. No, no doubt. He's a specimen. All right. No sides to take there. <laughs> No all right. So Alex, for real, this is the second preseason game, right? We were without justice in the starting lineup. We were without Jimmy. We were without Gorn off the bench. Tyler Hero gets plugged into the starting lineup. What did you see tonight? Because me, you and Slim were sitting all here in the same living room watching him and we were, our jaws were dropping, right? Like he jumps off of the screen. What did you see tonight from Tyler? so
2: again like you said jaw dropping for sure but it's kind of crazy to just see him sustain this hot streak that he's had going on for a while it feels like we weren't sure about whether those shots the type of stuff that he takes was going to translate over the preseason now we're seeing it in a second straight game we saw it at the scrimmage he is so damn confident man
1: well that honestly that's the biggest thing that i've seen right it's that you have a guy that Okay, coming out of college, okay, he did a little something at Kentucky. Not a little something, he did a big something. Because if you're going to be a lottery pick, you did something. He did his thing at Kentucky. He goes into summer league. He does his thing in summer league against... I'm not going to say, uh, let's just say it's subpar competition, right? So it just, you don't believe your eyes all the time, right? Because we've seen the Jarnell Stokes, we've seen the Yante Matins, we've seen all these guys who can go against other G League talent, other peripheral NBA talent, and beasts. So what we saw in Summer League, for that to translate onto an NBA court is pretty huge and slim. I'm going to go to you right now because... What? Yes, I'm going to go to you because you said some outlandish stuff tonight. I don't know. I can't be held responsible. If it was chemically induced or not. But you called him a Steph Curry kind of player.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, he... Well, first of all, just because... I mean Stephen College was uh was we knew how amazing he was in college but we but, like, did nobody not be- expected
1: him to come into the but league but we didn't and believe that. that it was going to translate to the NBA
3: right exactly and like Tyler we didn't have any idea like the skills skill set that he has. We had no clue. But, uh, initial reaction at least. You know what I mean? And he's coming out here and he's got like this step back jumper. He's like, he's putting Marco Bellinelli on skates. Tight like, handle. None of us saw that coming.
1: And um, Defensive stalwart. Marco Bell,
3: I know. But I know. I know. Still, like,
1: <laughs> I know. What it's just, say. He's doing it in the hey, pros. He's like, 19 years old. He's, he's just, putting an NBA player on skates. Yeah, uh, and first possessions it, too. Like.
3: Kind of, <laughs> it kind of looks like he can do everything at least on the offensive end. Like in the pick and roll, he looks like he makes good reads, can make all the passes. Like the dude, I don't know what this guy's ceiling is. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. really don't. Like it could be really what? high. <laughs>
4: Well, and I think that that's, like, a, a good point in terms of that the fact that, like, we knew he could shoot, right? But if he's, like, one of those types of shooters that can go on streaks, and, and I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I am a hope trafficker extraordinaire. Listen, so like, Leif,
1: we don't bring you on for measured takes. We bring you on for hope, <laughs> for hope trafficking extreme. Hope traffic.
4: I mean, if, he, if he's the type of guy that can hit nine threes in a game or – go 19-for-21 in a three-game stretch from three and do some of that kind of crazy stuff that makes teams scramble to figure out how the hell they're going to stop him, it opens up things that I don't think we really thought we had going for us, whether it's Jimmy Butler, Sam Adebayo, Justin Winslow having more room to operate. That extra space is something, I mean, I think we all came in at this season and we thought one thing we didn't know for sure if we had was the type of shooting, the, the gravity that you get from a Wayne Ellington. And Tyler Hero looks like the guy that can bring that. Where, where, the, where the interesting piece is going to come is that after the game, Bo answered a question from Ira about, who had a great game and looked really good, and asked about him being a sixth man and that maybe in that microwave score role, that may be the spot for him in the roster. And... Bo did not dismiss it whatsoever. He he actually kind of engaged Ira in a way that made me think that that was absolutely on the table. And then Dion immediately afterwards in the locker room said that he wanted no part of a reserve role. So I think okay, it would be so, interesting to see what happens if Tyler gets inserted in the starting lineup because it does make sense to create space between Justice and Jimmy how Dion takes that and, and what that does to the chemistry in the locker room.
1: Okay, so what I've noticed from... Uh, from two preseason games is that Spo doesn't matter what's going on. Uh, it's not putting Dion waiters in the starting lineup. He's not even Dion waiters, is not even the first guy off the bench. That's Goran Dragic. I feel like he wants to keep Goran and Dion together. I think we see the writing on the wall with what's going to happen. It's going to be Goran and Dion coming off the bench, leading that second unit. And, the quote that you just talked about from Dion is something that we were talking about here before, Alex. You kind of had a take on it from what Dion was saying in media day and at training camp compared to what he said after this game. What was your take on that?
2: So basically, I drove up to West Palm on Saturday and I was up there in training camp and Dion was saying that whether he starts or not, he'll be okay whether he just wants to help the team win. He actually seemed pretty genuine when he was saying that too. I know like people say a ton of stuff before the season starts. But yeah, it's interesting that it took, like, you know, two preseason games for him to change up that (laughs) statement. Although I do get it because it's like you see the guys that are starting. He's like, oh, they're starting Hero and Duncan Robinson over me. What are you paying me for? And also what you said before about like, you know, obviously we insert Tyler Hero to the starting lineup potentially because of the space that he brings to everybody else, like you mentioned. But Dion is looking at that, I bet, like, oh, I can shoot too. I'm making these threes right now. I was making them last year at a high clip, taking seven threes a game. And I know I totally agree why you'd want to start Tyler Hero, but he's definitely looking at that like, I can shoot. I can space the
1: floor. But Slim, you also had a, a take on Dion's comments after the game to Ira. Go ahead, tell me what, it's just like, what it's, you say. This is,
3: this is just who Dion is. It's not the first time. Like when he came back, was it last season when he when he was coming off the injury and stuff, where he voiced his displeasure with like coming off the bench. He just thinks he's like amazing. I think we all know that he has that kind of potential and like I mean, I don't know about that the kind of potential that he <laughs> thinks he, he's has, but like but when he's right, he can be really, really, really good. And he's the type of guy that has that kind of belief in himself. And like what I told you when we were watching the game, that face, like after he makes a shot, he's like he's pissed off that he's not one of the guys that's that's getting rest
1: tonight. He knows it's he's almost one of the like best like it's why like, am I it's disrespectful? Be, why am I out here with the Kendrick Nuns and the Silvers? But he, right? like, he played that way too. He, went, he shot
2: seven to twelve, four or five from three. The thing
3: is, is like I don't want to say that he's not recognizing that it's because of his inconsistency with his health and just his availability, general availability. Like, yo, that's okay, on you, man. It, like, you have to of-
1: own up to that. He talked, the reason he's not starting, to the fact that Eric Spolster doesn't believe that he's in Miami heat shape yet. And honestly, for him to... Be that self-aware right now is actually a really good, a really good sign. And I say from my point of view, I do believe he was genuine in what he said at training cam in front of Alex and the rest of the media. But I also believe that a guy of his caliber should never want to be a reserve, right? Yeah. There's few guys that should be okay with coming off the bench. All right. We're going to take a quick break right here. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the young guys. I know we've talked about some of the young guys. We've talked about Hero. We've talked about Duncan Robinson. But we're going to shift off to Dion Waiters. Bam had a good game. What we want to talk about is the Heat have two two-way contracts left, right? And we we want to talk about who on the roster tonight made a case for one of those two-way contracts
0: when we come back. All right, there are a lot of events in South Florida that you've got to go to. But if you can only pick one, yeah, come on now. this is the one. I'm with Jason Jackson. You know him as the Jack Show. <laughs> the third year of this event. I don't want to disparage the guys that you roasted before. It shouldn't. But there's one three. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Jack Celebrity Roast, Volume three, four, 3, Like, this was always in the making, all the way back to when we started in 2016
1: with Irie first and then uh, Jason Taylor. But uh, on October 12th at uh, one hotel, uh, South Beach, we are roasting Dwayne Wayne. We've got Chris Spencer, Razor Davis, um, Jimmy Butler on the podium, as well as Udonis Haslem. I'm giving you a breaking story. It's not fully confirmed, but uh, we'll all be together on October 12th. Everybody can get tickets at jackscelebrityroast.com. Do not bring your mother, your
4: faith healer, or your kids.
0: Sounds like a plan. So where do they go again? Do they get it?
4: jackscelebrityroast.com. Buy your tickets now. There aren't many left.
0: All right.
1: All right, and we're back. Thank you, Jax, uh, everybody. Alex and I are going to be at that red carpet. We don't get to go in. (laughs)
2: Jimmy and, and, and Ud are both going to be there.
1: We just get to go. We just get to go <laughs> to totally fair. We just get to go to the red carpet and ask questions.
2: We're a bunch of nobodies. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it was like when me and John Navas from Miami Heat B went to the 800 degrees mm-hmm. grand opening Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam restaurant in Aventura, which is great by the way. And then afterwards, everybody goes in and has a free meal. And-
5: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
1: and me and Gianni went to tap 42 and we paid for our meal. But I did try to hook Gianni up with the bartender and she shot him down. Anyway, so, Leif, you were there. You were live. You saw what was going on. You saw the... Yeah, I think the the Heat went deep into the bench tonight, of course, because they left a lot of guys at home. Who impressed you? Who deserves that first two-way contract from the Heat? So,
4: we... Are we operating under the
1: assumption that Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson make the the roster? Yeah, of course. Of course. So Wait, does that make 15? Um, that makes 14. With Nunn and Duncan Robinson? Nunn and Duncan Robinson make 14. Okay, okay, okay. The Heat, because of the cap situation right now, are not going to have 15 regular rosters.
2: You want to hard cap yourself for, for the 15 spot?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not... Yeah, they're not making... Uh, they're not paying that extra money. But... <laughs>
4: Go ahead. So, I mean, based, based on tonight, I would say Devon Reed made a strong case. Um, he, he played really well. He he handled more than I thought he was capable of. He also defended Terry Rozier a little bit in ways that I didn't um, really know that that was something that was in his wheelhouse and, 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 you know, guarding a quicker guard like that. So, I mean, I thought he had a really good game. Leif, I'm gonna stop.
1: Leif, I'm gonna stop you real quick. Um, because I did like Devon Reed a lot tonight. I, I like the confidence he had. He's a, he is a natural scorer. If you watch him play, he's a natural scorer. He wants to score the ball. That's what he wants to do. He's a dribble he, pull up. Like, yeah, he's a dribble pull up, um off the balls, cutting what he'll do, whatever he has to do. Right. But what I do think, and you, you put this out there about his defense. I see a lot of early Josh Richardson in his defense where there's a whole lot of activity and not a lot of substance. I looked at him. His angles were bad. He just – it was a lot of that frantic arm movement <laughs> that Josh Richardson did in his first couple yeah. years that really didn't – That uh, faked me out. Yeah. It, but I feel like it fakes a lot of people out.
4: Yeah. I mean – he was definitely a guy. I mean, he was, he was turning Rozier up the court and things like that. But that's what jumped off the page initially. Silver has been, you know, up and down. I don't know that he had, you know, that great of a showing tonight. But I would say he probably is the other guy that they're looking at. Um, but then, like, there's also the KZ situation. Uh, it's weird, he right? is not ready. And, and, and I have to say that, like... As much as I think we all like KG, Akwala, and the Heat loved him, they say they had him 10th on their board, which uh, how much we believe that is up for today. It was 9th to 10th, right? Zero, him and Tyler? 0 at 9 and yeah. at 10. Uh, they traded three seconds for him, so they obviously invested a vested interest in, in really developing him, but even he, he looks extremely raw. He kind of reminds me of like what Darrell Wright looked like when he first arrived. Like he's just probably not ready yet. Good. So, so you kind of have to factor in him getting some balls time and what that means. But, but that's, I mean, that's so, I think that those, tw- those are really a guys.
1: That's not a two-way contract, but I, I hear what you're saying when it comes to KZ. What surprised me a lot is that. When it comes to a game like this, second night of a back-to-back, Casey didn't play that much last night. For him not to play that much on a Wednesday night, on the second night of a back-to-back, it says something about what they've seen in practice, right? Or am I looking yeah. too deep into that?
4: No, no, I think you're right. I think that there's an overwhelming feeling that they realize that he is a project and it's a long-term play, um, which I think is a good thing. I mean, why not have guys in the pipeline, particularly wins that – You know, when I talked to him tonight, he said that the the things that he leans on most and that he feels are his strengths are his defensive flexibility and his versatility. And, like, obviously, like, those are the things that – those are, like, the hallmarks of any win that we would want to build and develop. So it's not a bad thing that he's as raw as he is. There's a lot of guys in the packing order in front of him. But I will say, like, coming into the preseason, if there's one guy that has been a little underwhelming compared to maybe the fans' expectations, I would say that that might be the guy. But, you know, obviously it's really early and, you know, only played sparingly.
2: So I think he's one of those guys that at this point you got to look at him as like, what can he do right now, right? Like what are the skills that jump out and what does he have to work on, right? So we already know he's going to spend a lot of time in Sioux Falls. But I was talking with Ethan today saying that his handle already looks a lot smoother than it did in college. And he's not there yet as a just as a shooter and just a general playmaker. But I feel like you look at him and he's like, you got to give him some reps, right? Like, are you really going to give Duncan Robinson that many more minutes than KZ? I get it because they're trying to compete and Duncan Robinson is more of a plug-and-play guy. Just have him spot up.
1: Duncan Robinson has a skill set off the bench that they need, right? KZ Akpala has almost a, repli- uh, a replica skill set of Derrick Jones Jr. Off yeah, the bench,
2: except he can dribble.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know you've been you've been harping on what Derrick Jones Jr. does as far as dribbling.
2: I mean just imagine. I don't mean to interrupt you, but just imagine if Derek Jones Jr. could like oh, get the be, ball and like imagine like somebody set a screen for him and he
1: could do something
2: with the ball, get to the rim and just but Derek, slam it on somebody, he would be Jr., on the same. Derek like Jones if, Jr. is already more Carter.
1: accomplished defender and <laughs> what he does on the offensive rebounds and the offensive glass. They're really, gonna need that. Okay, so going back to the original question. Are you in concurrence with Leif that right now the leaders in the race for the two two-way contracts are Devon Reed and Chris Silva?
2: Yeah, and again, assuming that that means Duncan Robinson also makes the team 100%. They just
1: gave Duncan Robinson the contract. It's the con- okay, yeah. Okay, so I wanted and to make so, sure. And Kendrick Nunn is going to make this team. So. No,
2: that's 100%. Kendrick Nunn has to be, I think he has to be above Duncan Robinson at this point. right? I mean, like
4: the, the one thing with changed with Nunn too, um, the more that he plays, Steady. like almost like the way Norris came in and you could trust him immediately for short stints. If, if justice really is, you know, if he has the kind of season where he can play 30 minutes plus consistently at point guard, and then you also are going to have Jimmy and these other guys that are inevitably going to be handling the ball. There is something to be said for what that does to Goran Dragic in terms of do they, start to continue to shop him or, you know, does it become more expendable at that point? Yeah. I know that obviously you want going for, you know, veteran and, and scoring reasons, but, you know, the more that you see steady play from Kendrick, now, I think it just makes that more of a probability.
1: And Leif, this is one of the things we talked about. Outside of, okay, let's say the Heat have a 10-man rotation. Which is, I mean, I think, is standard for a regular season. Let's say, complete hypotheticals. They start Justice, Hero, Jimmy Butler, Kelly Olynyk, and Bam Adebayo. The second unit would be Goran Dragic, Dion Waiters, Derek Jones Jr., James Johnson, and Myers Leonard. So now, on that third tier, you have Kendrick Nunn, who they believe in. You have Duncan Robinson, who they believe in, and you have Casey Akpala, right? So you have three guys that they have a belief in, which would make anybody on that second unit expendable, right? Or am I getting that wrong?
4: I mean, there's differing levels to expendable, just, you know, based on who's ready to contribute, but to your point what it does is that it gives the heat options it gives us the the ability to to look at trades with gorn's big expiring contract i just i feel like it's inevitable that they're going to see what that plus an asset can fetch at some point uh, unless things are just going so well and they're trending three seed all year and there's just no reason to, to try to accelerate this process and so i mean it's all good things it's a good problem to have that they're Three deep in most positions. The one spot being, you know, question mark. still, I think, is uh, it's the bigs.
1: Slim, you were talking about Kendrick Nunn. Slim doesn't even <laughs> want to talk. Why do you want to talk to me? Uh, I because don't. you were talking. We were watching the game together. You were talking about Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, you were awesome. about wh- how- What did you think of Kendrick Nunn and- as far as in this league, as a backup oh. point guard.
3: Yeah, to me, he looks like. uh Yeah, he looks like a guy who's gonna have like a ten-year solid, like on mid-level exception contract type career. Like to me, he just looks like kind of looks like Dion Waiters if Dion Waiters didn't get drafted like in the top three or whatever. Was he number one pick overall or something?
1: But if you watched if you watch Waiters, that was number four overall. Four? If you yeah. watched Deion Waiters watching Kendrick Nunn play, yeah, he, I mean there was, there was it was it was it was like a twinkle in his eye, right?
3: <laughs> he looks <laughs> yeah. a lot like Deion, right? The brother I never had. Like just in terms of his his game.
1: As a, a better finisher. And
3: I, I mean, to what you guys were talking about before. Alex, I think, yeah, I'd much rather. I know that you guys feel like the team needs a Duncan Robinson, but like in terms of just having a player, to me, like Kendrick Nunn all day long over Definitely. Duncan. But like, if Kendrick, Dunn, but see, like we, I'm cool we, if Duncan has to go. We have to, to assume Kendrick guys.
1: Nunn and Duncan Rob Duncan Robinson already got a contract. Kendrick gonna Kendrick Nunn has he gotten a contract? He's, a, he's got yet? a non guarantee. Yeah, he has one copy. of those. So okay, these guys are part Three of that fort, Remember, we gotta we gotta look at it because of the hard. Cabinet is a fourteen-man roster, and so now we're just. I think we're all kind of in agreement that right now the front runners for those two two-way contracts are Devon Reed and Chris Silva, right? So going forward, looking at this team, where we've got we're two games into the preseason, I just would like to hear what you guys your ideal starting five. I'm going to start. My ideal starting five is and I think we're all gonna kind of agree on this. Actually I'm I'm gonna throw a curveball in it. I wanna see Justice Winslow at point, Tyler Hero at shooting guard, Jimmy Butler at the three, Derek Jones Jr. at the four, and Bam Adebayo okay. at the five. Alex, I'm go a ahead. little bit mad. I'm a little bit mad at you. I know right you're now. upset. You're upset at the oh, DJJ pick.
2: No, 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 no. I'm upset that you said that because that was gonna be my <laughs> fucking curveball, man. I love DJJ, and I'm just like, I wish, like, like I said, there's spacing if, problems with that lineup. There's the thing, yeah. If you could get Tyler Harold, like, if that shot is real, he, you know, that would be great, right? If Justice can hit threes at a decent clip, if Derek Jones Jr. could hit. 33%, not even like 38. 33%. Hey, I,
1: Just hit 1 out of 3, you let know. Let me let me tell you why I like that lineup. And it, this is why, and I know everybody talks about spacing, talks about offense.
2: He has guys to set them up.
1: What I what I like about that lineup is by the time the second unit comes in, it's gonna be freaking twelve to eight with four minutes left in the first quarter. Like they are going to suffocate other teams, and yet, and and the way Justice Winslow runs the offense, like they are going, to, it's going to be slow pace. They're going to drag it. They're going to put it in the mud, and then that second unit comes in And wipes the floor with any other second unit. That is the reason. Yes, I know spacing, and I know it's not the best scoring lineup. Just because at the four you don't have a stretch and blah, blah 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 all that new age nonsense. But what I what I look at with that lineup is that you are suffocating the other team, absolutely suffocating them. And you get some of
2: that rebounding and rim protection that yeah, you, you get rim rebounding, lost rim, rim protection.
1: You have all the like you are. And honestly, with a Tyler Hero out there, I still think the spacing will be decent enough. But my whole thing is, I want the score to be 14 to 12 with four minutes left in the first. And then I want Goran and Neon to come in and just wipe the floor with the other second unit. So, Slim, you're starting I don't know, five. I don't
3: know. I don't have one. I just, I, what I do want to <laughs> see, though, is, like, whatever enables there to be, like, I'd love to see Tyler Hero running offense. That's like, going to be tough. Like, if Dion really wants tough. to start and then on and, like, Tyler and Hero, uh, Tyler and Hero, fucking, see, this is why you don't throw to me, because I'm fucking stoned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Anyway, Tyler life. and
3: Goron. I don't know. Goron can play <laughs> off ball a little bit. Sometimes he defers and like maybe if Tyler and Goron are that's on the a floor good point together.
2: Spo said that yesterday after the game. Right, he said that he likes the idea of Goron and Tyler together.
1: I, I didn't like that. I felt. I'm not gonna. I'm,
2: it's a tough. That's a tough defensive backcourt. Uh, I, I didn't like. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't In a like bad way. Com- I, I yes. wasn't
1: a fan of that comment. I'm just gonna say that much. I but
2: f- if you're bringing them both off the bench, they're not. They're not guarding the best players at least for those I, minutes. Tyler has competed. That is defensive. true
3: though. Like those two being on the floor together is almost like two bad shooters being on the floor together. But on the defensive side, exactly. Like, right. don't guys, they like you want to have guys. Like you want length on the floor. They have so many guys that are like.
1: Up They held the San Antonio second unit to high 30s in field goal percentage. Leif, your ideal starting lineup.
4: So my heart says Justice, Tyler, Jimmy, K.O., and Bam. Some of that is just based on, I know that Spoh trusts analytics enough to roll with K.O. and Bam together because of the success that it had last year. And then obviously Jimmy and Justice are shoe-ins and then we all love Tyler at the moment. But this is the part that I think is going to be an interesting thing to watch, is that no matter what rookie it is, every single rookie, like even including Dwayne to some degree, they hit a wall at some point. And the wall varies in size and how how long they hit it, obviously based on a lot of factors. But with the the question mark that Tyler does have defensively and the fact that anyone can go in a shooting slump, I think that there's going to be a point in the season, if Deion gets in shape, where they're going to try Justice, Deion, Jimmy, KO, and Bam, and they're going to see if that works, Um, it's going to require Deion getting in better shape. I have a theory about J.J. and Deion, um, and it's partly based on info, and that's that the front office wants those guys in the best shape because they really did a a wink-wink, handshake kind of deal with those guys about four years versus two years um, back in the Gordon Hayward pursuit. And if now they're going to be, um, you know paying them these contracts they want those guys in shape so back, back to your question i think Dion eventually wait wait, can, that was like a play little leaf
1: nugget right in the middle of that i just want to make sure the the listeners caught on to that if you need to rewind 30 seconds real quick we'll pause no, i'm just joking <laughs>
4: <laughs> if you want right. like, uh, there was, no, was, was a little because i'm driving there was a little
1: nugget in there there was a leaf nugget in there but go ahead
4: yeah, there definitely is There's something to be said there. But that, back to your question, I think Dion's going to get a shot. But uh, ultimately, I want the lineup that creates the most amount of space around Justice, Jimmy, and Bam. And that's because without those three guys being maximized, the rest of this all doesn't really matter. And then the last point of it is is that the cool thing about all of that, no matter what lineup you land on, whether it's the DJJ stuff that you guys have talked about, or it's Dion or it's Tyler, is that the second unit, like, there's a chance that he could have one of the best benches in the league. And that's something that we've had before in ways, particularly when you had Dwayne, <laughs> but I like the fact that they're gonna be able to flip second units and build leads or come back in situations like that. So there's a lot of encouraging stuff that way too.
1: Yeah, Leif, I just look at that starting unit, I just want to I want them to put it in the mud and just just smother other teams because Jimmy and Justice look like they're just two guys that pick their spots, right? And they're just very deliberate in everything they do. And they will just slow the game down, put it in the mud. I don't care if they're down four, they're down two, as long as it's not a blot. And then that second unit is going to come in and just beast on teams. But anyway, guys, uh, that's about it for us tonight. The only other thing we could talk about is, is uh, me and Slim's cargo shorts. But Ethan and I talked about that last night, and uh, I think we've harped on that enough. Just check us out. Five on the floor. Check balls cast out. With Slim, Chris Joseph, and Adam Smoot. check not me, safe for work. Not safe for work. Also, check out Light Skin Opinions with me, Christopher Maddox, and Paris Thompson. Also, supremely not safe for work. Also, not safe around your white friends. Um, <laughs> check out... No, uh, let them hear it. Let them hear it. No, Except me. Except, <laughs> except Leif. If you have white friends like Leif, it's fine. And then... Um, <laughs> Check out Tropical Blanket and which is Alex Toledo and lefty Lave Greg Sylvander on Miami heat beat. We will catch you next time. Hopefully Ethan's back and can reign in this circus. Good night, y'all.